0: This is the Co production podcast, a brand new initiative brought to you by Cineropa and Eurimage. I am Domenico Laporta, and I am the editor in chief of Cineuropa, the leading resource for European industry content published every day in four languages. Our editorial content is always accessible for free at cineropa.org. So, what is the Co production podcast? It's not a trick title. We wanted to create a podcast about co production as simple as that, which is an open space where film producers can discuss their international collaboration in Europe and beyond. In every episode, I will have the pleasure to speak with the co-producers of a film which has received the support of Eurimage. The idea is to share best practice, tips, and ideas when it comes to financing and any news you can use if you are a producer yourself. Since we very frequently speak about films that haven't premiered yet, I will never spoil the story. And we will always try to give just enough information about the script to contextualize our discussion. European diversity is a rich source of all kinds of collaborations between countries, regions, cultures, and creators who are aiming at a global audience with their stories, whether they are mainstream or not. Cine Europa is co-funded by the media program of the European Union. And for this podcast, we sided with a major funding player of our audiovisual landscape, Eurimage. So to kickstart the series, it's important to establish what is Eurimage, who they are, and what they do, but also why they do it. So to walk us through all this information, I have the pleasure to welcome Roberto Ola, Executive Director of of rimage. Hi, Roberto, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for accepting to be part of this. Have you ever recorded a podcast before?
1: No, actually, this is my first time, so I am a little bit nervous. I hope um, everything will be all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be completely fine. This is episode zero, and we are all learning. Speaking of which, now would be the best time to introduce us to the basics of rimage.
1: Well, in a few words, ERIMAGE is an international fund that supports film cinematographic co-productions. And that's what EriMaj does. We give the last um, 10-15% necessary for the film to exist. Um, And we try to focus on those films that the market alone is unable to uh, finance because maybe uh, there are niche, sometimes they are controversial in the um, the storytelling, or simply because they do not speak to a larger audience. So the idea is to help those producers that try to make uh, quality films um, not necessarily mainstream.
0: When we pitched the podcast to you and to your team, you were immediately enthusiastic because you told me it's different. So what audience would you like to reach with this medium? Maybe a different kind of audience.
1: well, well, we would like to speak to um, the larger audience possible or maybe reaching those that uh, we have not met yet in film festival or in film markets or that did not have the chance to read our um, regulations or to surf on our website or to follow us on um, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, maybe you heard about Air Image. And- Uh, And I hope we um, explain what we do and why we do it.
0: I must say that's the same for CineRopa, by the way. We used to be a new media because we are born online, you know, but it's been more than 20 years now. And I surely hope new producers will join our community thanks to this podcast. If you like the podcast, don't hesitate to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other platform you use to consume podcast content, just type co-production podcast and you'll find us. Now back to Eurimage. Now, before speaking about production, because this will be the main uh, topic of this podcast, I would like to quickly introduce the other things that Eurimage is doing and the other fields that uh, you guys are supporting. For example, theatrical release,
1: Yes, we uh, support um, cinema release of quality films in a number of countries that are not part of the media program of the European Union. It means that uh, um, some uh, European films have difficulties in being showcased in uh, cinemas because they are niche, because they are not to a larger audience. And Eurimage, like the media program, supports cinemas to give the chance to those films that are not necessarily very commercial, to have uh, their audience and therefore to be present in the screening rooms.
0: And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the um, Development Award? Some festivals have um, co-production markets and
1: Rimage um, gives a prize to the best projects in development They will become a co-production via these festivals. Uh, so far, we have had uh, 10 festivals um, um, that were giving out the uh, EURIMAGE development of the Co-Production Awards. In the future, there are going to be seven, and we try to rotate every three years.
0: EURIMAGE is also handing an award at the European Film Awards, right?
1: That's right. That is a specific um, contribution that Herimage does during the European Film Awards. As you probably know, and uh, the audience probably knows, most of the awards are given to Actors or make technicians or to the director, of course. Uh, but a key role in the making of the film is the producer. And the producer sometimes is forgotten in this uh, uh, collective um, effort to make a film. And Eric Mas tries to um, shed a light on the, uh, and put the spotlight actually on the uh, on the producers and that's what we do um, partnering, partnering up with the European Film Academy
0: and this is also why this partnership, Cine Europa and Eurimage for the Co-Production Podcast makes sense because it is also our desire to hand the microphone to the producers so they can discuss about their work and uh, maybe show a different side of this industry to uh, the people that are more used to hear it from the mouth of the directors and the other talents that are attached, the more regular talents that are attached to uh, filmmaking. And what happened to the lab? You used to have this uh, prize for projects that are uh, non-narrative or maybe more experimental in terms uh, of storytelling. So this doesn't exist anymore, but will it be back at some point?
1: We are reshuffling this. We are actually, we launched a study to reflect on this uh, non scripted and non conventional filmmaking. And we'll come up in the next months with a new proposal that will replace uh, the old lab projects.
0: Let's say I'm a producer and I'm collaborating with other producers and we want to apply to a rimage. When is the best time for us to apply?
1: Um, first of all, there are two pro- two calls before summer and one after summer. Uh, Uh, just to give an idea of uh, how um, they are organized throughout the year, Uh, you can apply and withdraw your project before a decision is taken once. So meaning, therefore, you can reapply for the second time. But once the decision is taken, and if the decision is not to support the project, you cannot come back. So you have, from that point of view, only one shot. You have to... Make sure you're presenting the project in the right moment, when the project is uh, nearly ready to be shot. We are what in the jargon is called uh, top financiers. We arrive at the very end of the financing process. So, um, um, and of course, you're still missing the last uh, 10, 15, 20% uh, in your um, um, budget.
0: Can you tell me about the budget of Arimage? So who is um, funding Eurimage, and what is the budget you guys have uh, to support films?
1: Eurimage has a, um, a budget that is composed essentially from the um, contributions of the member states, but also from the repayment of the loans that we grant. Uh In total, um, uh, it is around 27 million euros. That is uh, a total budget that covers not only the co-production support scheme, the promotion support scheme that we talked about, the development awards, um, the cinema support scheme. In the past, we also have a distribution support scheme that has been uh, closed. We are actually revamping it uh, through um, uh, external consultants that are helping us to redesign uh, such scheme. So in total. Is 27 million euros.
0: How many members countries are part of do We have a 40 members,
1: uh, of which 39 are European, and one is non-European, is Canada. Their um, contribution is calculated essentially according to two principles. The first principle is the richer the country, the more the country contributes. Of course, the wealth of the country is uh, determined by the GDP and the population. So the idea is the classic solidarity principle, the bigger and richer pay more than the smaller and less rich. And the second principle is the um, um, solidarity principle according to which the more you use the fund, meaning the more you benefit from it, the more you pay. So uh, we calculate how much um, money each country gets back every year and through a system of calculations um, that determines Uh, the contribution for the following year. So it's a mix of these two principles, wealth and return on investment, how much they benefited from
0: from the fund. You are also open to countries outside of the European Union. How does that work?
1: There are countries outside the European uh, uh, boundaries that have uh, traditionally um, privileged relations with Europe because of cultural reasons, uh, for instance, and they co-produce a lot. Um, these countries are spread all over the world. In reality, um, individual member states of EMAJ already have preferential relations with them. They have what they call bilateral treaties. There are agreements between country countries to um, facilitate co-productions between citizens of the countries of the of the, of the treaty. So, um, uh, image is open um we are actually uh, studying um applications from non-European countries that have knocked on our door. Um, I cannot for confidentiality reasons tell you which they are, but we are working on it. And it's a long process, you can imagine, because it's uh, um, at a governmental level and it's a diplomatic process. It's part of the uh, cultural policies uh, the countries developed with other countries. Uh, But we hope we can uh, cooperate with the new countries in the near future.
0: Can you walk us through the um,
1: selection process? The um, uh, selection process is divided in essentially three parts. The first part is purely uh, production, uh, is a technical selection if you want. We have uh, um, uh, rules that are published on our website and uh, um, uh, producers apply if they um, can comply with the rules of the call for projects. Um, the main one of the main um, uh, rule is that at least fifty percent of the financing must be in place by the time they um, submit the projects to being managed. Um, I open a little parenthesis. Um, uh, the selection process lasts in average seven weeks, meaning that within less than two months, um, applicants get to know if they have been supported or not. So by the time they apply, they need to have at least 50% of the financing in place. And each financing plan, each co-producer in the co-production must uh, show that he or she have either a public support or an investment from a television, be it equity or pre-sale, or a minimum guarantee from a distributor. Uh, what does that mean? Why are we asking this? Uh, we're asking this because, as I said earlier, we arrive at the end of the financing process. Therefore, the market or uh, public financiers must have already... Um, expressed their opinion somehow, we um, arrive at the end and therefore producers cannot bring to Eurimage projects that only have equity, their own equity or uh, contributions in kind uh, for the making of the film. Um, That uh, allows us to make sure that Eurimage is not not the only one paying the cash flow but the other partners are partnering up to make the co-production possible.
0: Could you be more specific about the criterias uh, for a project to be accepted, to be eligible, and of course to be awarded?
1: As I said earlier, we have uh, three uh, stages in the decision-making process. The first one is the um, technical production analysis. So it's a legal financial. Basically, we check that all the co-production agreements are fine, that the financing uh, is uh, stable, that the budget is in line with the schedule and so on. Uh, once uh, the uh, this analysis is done, that is done by, by my team, so this, uh, this is made by the RIMANGE team, uh, and we give the stamp of eligibility we say that the project is eligible means that if it, it, it basically meets the requirements of our rules then we start the second stage of the process so the second level and that is um the reading of the script the script is sent to two independent uh, external as external as compared to a image, readers readers are essentially Um, script writers but also script editors um, especially in dramaturgy Um, and um, some of them are also film directors in reality reality. so the profile is is, uh, is quite um, vast. Um, They must have different nationalities the two readers. They cannot speak to each other, so they do not know who is the other uh, reader. And they must have a different nationality as compared to the director, to writers and producers involved. The industry is small and uh, inevitably people know each other. So we try to ensure an independence in the the reading process. So the readers, make uh, an evaluation of the script not of the project only of the script and of the artistic material provided Uh, so the note of intention of the director is a fundamental document because it it contains everything that the script cannot contain meaning the movement of the camera the light the 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 world that the uh, author is trying to portray and um this um, uh, analysis of the artistic material together with the analysis of the production that my team does on the application is given to the border management of our image. We are Here we are entering the third level of the decision making process and it's the level in which uh, you need to put together the production side of the project together with the artistic elements of it. Um, the f- film is a package that contains uh, several elements and it would be unwise to only evaluate the artistic value of the project if uh, the, the budget, for instance, if the production does not match with the expectations and with the, um, with the dreams, if we can call it like that, of the director. So there is an evaluation that is made in its uh, totality and also an evaluation that is made by putting all the projects together because unfortunately we have a limited budget and therefore we have to make a selection and I used to say to filmmakers that Eurimage does not reject projects because project when they arrive at Her- to Eurimage they are at the end of the financing process and we rarely get bad projects It is simply that we have to make a selection because we do not have sufficient financing to fund all of them. And the difficulty is to put them in the priority list to which ones, which are the ones that are at the top and where do you draw the line uh, below which you cannot finance more projects because you ran out of your budget. So that is more or less how a image works at these three levels. Technical, the first one, purely artistic, the second, and putting together the two elements in the third.
0: How would you describe the nature of the grants that Eurimage is uh, awarding to the producers? Uh, how do you guys uh, get your money back?
1: Eurimage has, uh, until um, 2020, um, given out uh, what we call uh, conditionally repayable loans, meaning that Eurimage is advancing um, funds. that need to be paid back based on the revenues generated by the film. So it is a loan that has to be paid back if the performance of the film allows it. Starting from this year, we have um, decided to consider projects that we support up to 150,000 euros as pure subsidies, meaning non-repayable grants. Uh, For uh, those projects that get more than 150,000 euros, it is, as I said earlier, a conditional repayable loan, meaning that if the project in its exploitation through any medium and in any territory gets net revenues, meaning beyond the um, minimum guarantees, if there are any uh, in the distribution countries, um, uh, the net revenues that come to the producers or image has a corridor that is proportional to the investment in the budget. So if our image is uh, financing say 15% of the total budget, we expect 15% of the net revenues generated by the film. Um, I open a little parenthesis, we give out uh, up to 500,000 euros per project and uh, with a limit of 17% of the total budget, except for documentaries where we go up to 25% of the total budget. Normally, documentaries have a smaller budget, and increasing the intensity of the support uh, um, by uh, Eurimage makes it um, more palatable for producers to knock on our door and to present quality, um, auteur-driven documentaries.
0: This is an industry that is quickly evolving, changing all the time. How is Rimage adapting to that uh, ongoing process of change?
1: Yes, th- thank you for for um, pointing it, this out. Her image is trying to adapt since uh, its establishment to, to the changing environment uh, in production, but also in the governance of the of the um, of the fund. Um, until recently, the um, decision making process, the last uh, level of the decision making process, was somehow under uh, control of the national representatives of the countries um, that are contributing to the fund. Um, Starting from uh, uh, next year, 2022, um, the decision-making process will change and the last uh, level of the decision-making process will be not in the hands anymore of the border management, meaning the national representatives of the countries that uh, are composing somehow the fund, but uh, but by external experts. Who are these external experts? Uh, The concept is basically very simple. It is a concept that uh, most of the national funds already have developed, meaning the image uh, funding is uh, um, uh, reserved for the industry and therefore the industry is involved in the decision-making process. Uh, the experts will be um, five different figures um, from the um, industry. Three are fixed, meaning producer, uh, distributor or sales agent, screenwriter or director. These three are always have this permanent status in the uh, five experts. The other two could be on rotation, director of photography, editor, uh, festival programmers, and other figures that are um, essential in the industry and that can sh- you know, give a different perspective to the um, decision-making process and therefore help us uh, choosing quality films uh, proposed to us. Um, so this is uh, happening starting from January 2022. We are currently implementing the decision that you rightly so has already been taken by the Committee of Ministers of the Council of Europe. That is the, uh, the mother organization under which uh, Eurimage um, uh, is operating.
0: Roberto, thank you very much to have accepted to be the guest of this episode zero of the co-production podcast.
1: Thank you very much to you and to your team.
0: If you are curious about this program, you can still subscribe through any kind of podcast platform where the co-production podcast is available. We are currently submitting it to more or less every platform out there. As of next episode, we will start our round of discussions with producers about their films. Until then, keep making films, keep watching them, and I'll see you next time.